1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Atlanta! What's going on? It is Duke Simpel on Sports Radio 929 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, Hey man. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh for most of us it's gonna be a short week as Thanksgiving approaches. Mike, I was getting my turkey ready today. Are you guys uh you getting shopping done? Yeah, man.
3: Me and uh, my father-in-law hit Kroger today. It was a man house, but uh, <laughs> Becky's already got the uh, Thanksgiving Day provisions done. We were just looking for some steaks and stuff today, but uh, yeah, man, just uh, ready to roll. I think we're going to do like a giant turkey breath, so it's not going to be like the regular old-fashioned turkey, but we're going to smoke that sucker on the grill.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways, so many new traditions that are being started. So, uh, by the way... Uh, with thanksgiving we know most of you are going to have the same things but if you're doing something a little bit different man send your picks we'd love to see them at dukes and bell 929 put that hashtag on there tailgate at home because it's the thanksgiving version mike what a crazy weekend it was in college football and we got a lot to get to when it comes to college football guys georgia is still number one nobody thought that they'd be tested this last weekend and they were not but there were some teams that shine, and one of them was Alabama, the other one was Ohio State. We're going to talk about that, but we got to start first with Atlanta United, Mike, because now the season is over, and we wondered how we do on that short pitch up there in New York City.
3: Yeah, it was, you know, man what a what a tough way to go out. You know, we had such high hopes, obviously playing such good soccer through the summer and into the spring, into the fall for a, a little bit. But yeah, kinda of going out with a whimper, Carl. And we played good, I would say if you looked at it, the first half was solid, and then New York just seemed to like crank it up in the second. It's just that first goal, it's like the ball was in the air. It seemed like for ten seconds, right? It was like, no. And I don't know what if Brad and you know, we'll talk more about it with Jason and the guys this week as we do the post mortem, but just it, what a strange game you know and then and then just the second goal was legit new york just cranked and then that's all there was to it but we just didn't really have an answer for them
2: yeah i mean I, i'm mixed on this because i watched this game and, and saw how it played out and it made me feel like i did earlier in the season you know it's almost like we fell asleep on one of those goals right bingo right What you guys standing around correct and i'm saying to myself isn't this kind of what we saw earlier in the season now listen i, I think the future is bright i do think that you know, um, they got the right manager. I, I really do. I think Gonzalo Pinedo, uh, with a off season, okay, and the the acquisitions that are yet to come, we don't know how this team's going to change, but it will. And and I think they're headed in the right direction. But I also saw flashes uh and glimpses should i say of of what we've lost or how we've lost before and that was that was irritating because i thought you know that wasn't going to happen so nevertheless we lose 2-0 new york city fc on sunday at yankee stadium it was round one of the mls cup playoffs and and we are now done the good news is guys we've made the playoffs for the last five years The bad news is we've only won the cup once and we are the premier team in MLS. And I don't care what anybody says because of the home field advantage, the supporter groups. I mean, everything that goes along with it. So the team right now, Mike, they've got to, they've got to climb back up to where they were. And we were not a dominant team this year. This loss didn't surprise me, but it wouldn't have surprised me if we won either because there have been times where you went, oh, look at how
3: good we look. Yeah, I know. I was reading some of the breakdowns, and uh, most guys agree with what we just talked about, how we look good, and then just uh, you know, just got dominated in the second half. I read the article uh, Felipe Cardenas had from The Athletic, who covers United, and he was saying how you know, there's things to build on after the defeat, and that Pineda's vision, he said it crept through at times, but he hasn't had the opportunity to establish a sustainable direction, to your point, mm-hmm. about some of the things. That have, that have happened, but yeah, just simple, Like all it takes, as you guys know, in soccer is to have a few lapses on your defensive end, which we did a lot this year at times. The other thing which is frustrating, we had enough games that slipped through our fingers where we could have been at home, and obviously we're at home, we like our chances certainly better than we do up at Yankee State, and regardless, I know we, we obsess on the size of that pitch, and it just seems like it's a cheat and it's not fair, but they just played better than us in the second half, and they won, you know, so regardless of, you know, if you're playing in a phone booth, you're playing in a phone booth, they still played better than us in the second half.
2: Chris, let's get a poll up. I'm curious to know what 17s and, and Atlanta United supporters, you know, think right now. Uh And I'm curious, are you a little disappointed with the, the, the way things have gone with the team? Listen, we've changed managers here three times, okay? Um We've not gotten back to an MLS Cup. We still have Joseph Martinez and Brad Guzan and some of the pieces that were here that are still playing at a high level. But, but where are you at right now when it comes to your Atlanta United meter? And, and I'm curious to know what, what people are thinking about this, Mike, because even if we are moving in the right direction, and I do feel that way, this is sort of a letdown. I mean, going into the season after the, the, the 2020 season, which was crap, you know, coming into the season, I was like, oh yeah, all right. And then you had the managerial stuff and no water breaks and we know how that played out felt like okay where is this going to go and i always had reservations about were we ever going to be able to turn the season around completely but to your point about what felipe said i don't think the culture was fully installed with our new manager. But yet.
3: there was there were some good things that did happen in the sense that, uh, you know, he didn't try to rewrite the book, you know, because you know, Rob Valentino did a really nice job as the interim manager. And I think also to not lose the locker room to come in and, you know, hey, it's now new Boston town, new set of rules. He adapted to what was there. But I think to, to Felipe's point from the athletic that, you know, he, there's things in it, more of an imprint he wants to make, and he'll do that with a full regular offseason and then into the preseason under his belt but look as bad as things looked and as as way uh, think about how far out of the playoffs we were at one point it was an accomplishment to get there but again we're not sad this team is not satisfied by just simply getting into the playoffs to your point
2: yeah, I, I think the goal um now, like with all of our teams, right, with the Braves, it's World Series or bust. It is right. MLS Cup or bust. Right. I know that they want to win trophies, and I get that that's a part of the, the international competition that's going on. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're talking about Atlanta United losing over the weekend to a New York City FC, but the, the goal was not accomplished. And did you have enough good players to do that? Did, were you good enough to get there? And some people will say yes, some people will say no. I just want to get a meter and a feel on, on how Atlanta United uh, fans feel right now. 404 well, Go ahead.
3: No, no, I was going to say that uh, some guys uh, have, uh, you know, when they heard that uh, Carlos Bocanegra was coming back and, and you know, re up for another contract, that the Jurgen Dom was kind of a zero in spikes this year for us. I, mean, I I even got the jersey after seeing his first, you know, first match, and the guy has speed, but we could have used more of him this year. And that that was one of the, of the acquisitions that did not really pan out. But I thought Arauju, as we always talk about with Darren, that you can see the skill set. I mean, that guy's got it. You know, I just think there's just, you know, playing for 90 minutes. I don't know how you, and again, this is, this will be some of the things to work on in the offseason, to not have those mental breakdowns. We talked about a little bit with George Bellow when he joined us last week. We've got the talent. We can compete with anybody. I think now having all these pieces, crawl to start, kind of like what we talked about with the Hawks this year, you know, not that they're getting where we want them to get necessarily off that road trip, but to have all these new pieces with the new coach and his game plan to start, that's where we'll be. So if you're looking for any kind of consolation, at least we did make the playoffs, at least we're not, you know, we weren't watching, but still, that, that second half just got real ugly real quick and just kind of left to your point a bad taste in your mouth
2: find us on social media guys he's mike bell atl i'm at put him up see dukes this radio show dukes and bell nine two nine and follow the radio station at 929 The Game. We are also on the gram. Thanks for your picks over the weekend with our hashtag Dukes and Bell at home. Lots of great food being served and shown, and uh, we appreciate that. And thanks for the hey Man L uh, picks as well, man. We, we really, really do love sharing your picks with our, with our audience and our listeners, guys. Hey, coming up, 2.40, we're going to talk to Jerry Glanville. Yes. That Jerry Glanville, Mike, they are doing a 30th anniversary of what they're calling the rudest team in NFL history. Um, it's going to premiere on November 30th, so you'll get a chance. Maybe you'll be off. you get a chance to watch it over the, the holiday here, but uh, it's the 91 Falcon football team. And so Jerry Glanville is going to join us. We'll talk with Jerry coming up at about 2.40 this afternoon.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I've heard I've heard the stories. So I know I used to work with a guy Bo Bach that was really tight with Jerry, and it was just kind of cool. One of the first times, you know, the, the swag coming to Atlanta with Dion and Prime Time, and the black jerseys, and you know, going into the Georgia Dome, and obviously a lot of antics. And Jerry, he's a character, man. So I look forward to catching up with him.
2: Yeah, coming up later, also more college football as we talked about. NFL was crazy again yesterday. No Falcons; they got a, a day off, a Sunday off. Obviously playing on Thursday night, but they are back to work, and that means the coaches show tonight at six o'clock with Arthur Smith what can he fix how soon and how how quickly can they get right and they're going to need to do it because they're on the road this weekend going up against Jacksonville. And the player segment today, Mike, is going to be A.J. Terrell, one of the best corners in the league, and I think that's a lost story because of the way this team right. has
3: lost. Hey, the, the good news is as is, is crazy, and we saw another bananas weekend of the NFL, guys, where up was down and down was up, and the bad beats if you're a gambling man like I am 0-3 and everything else that happened this weekend, you're still alive. As bad as we've looked in that week, that was arguably one of the worst weeks of football in, in Falcon history. Uh, and we'll talk about what Arthur had to say telling the media that we became obvious, Carl, uh, telling Tory McElhaney, who does the website work for the Falcons, and said that they've got to play smarter than they've had, which I think folks could agree. But again, they're smarter and there's just simply, you know, you always say, do your job, you know? Offensive line, defensive line, etc. But the good news is it's a, it's a fresh week. And I mean, you. On, if we had told you, you know, even regardless of the rebuild or whatever you think this is this year, that we'll like your chances going down to Jacksonville this weekend,
2: don't you? I do. Uh, I know it might be crazy because we've gotten drubbed two weeks in a row. But I mean, yeah, I do. Um, because Jacksonville has got its own issues. Mike, right now, inside of that organization, and I was talking about this on the national show yesterday, they have uh, internal issues as to how to continue to develop Trevor Lawrence. Now, that conversation shouldn't even be being being had, but the number one overall pick has been okay. I don't know how much you've watched of him this year. He hasn't been great. The best rookie quarterback, we just saw him. His name was Mac Jones. So Trevor Lawrence is one of these guys that is supposed to be taking his team to the next level. The problem is they don't have enough talent around him, but if his development is not there, Mike, and you're having internal conversations about how they're going to do that, what coaches they may bring in, how they're going to change this, that, and the other, Okay, that tells you where that organization is. Yeah, they're going to win a game or two, and they've done that. But I like our chances, especially if, and it's a big if, Cordero Patterson is back next week. And, again, is Calvin Ridley able to come back? I mean, has it been three weeks yet? I don't know. So that's kind of where I'm at with this game heading into Sunday. I do like our chances.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, we know we can beat if you can beat the Dolphins in Miami, if you can beat the uh, Saints in New Orleans, we can go down to Jacksonville and get a win. But again, you can't have the mental lapses, you can't have the mistakes that we've seen. You got to give them out of pocket, but it, it still comes down to those star players that we talked so much about on the pregame show last week, last Thursday night. Got to have Cordero Patterson out there with Pitts because without Ridley, that wide receiver court just doesn't get the job done. I'm sorry, they just don't. Matt Ryan needs time to throw the football. That offensive line's got to step it up. Are you saying
2: Tarjay Sharp is not a starter in this league?
3: <laughs> Telling you that. Uh, got- Zacchaeus is a great story, but he needs other guys. So he gets that one on one, and Matt can then throw the ball up in the air. But Matt also, you know, Matt needs
2: a pocket. Matt's thrown some beautiful passes to Zacchaeus the last couple years, but he's got to be able to get some time to get the ball out of there. Hey, polls up, guys, at Dukes and Bell 929. Are you disappointed with how Atlanta United's season ended after they bowed out in the first round of the playoffs? You have choices. Yes, needed a deep run. No, uh, they overcame a lot. Maybe uh, Pineda needs some time. All right, you got choices. Go vote, man. I'm curious to know. Um, it was disappointing. I'll say that. Yesterday was just because of the way those goals played well, I mean,
3: out. the goal, like I said, that that goal happened. You just knew you lost. the game But that ball, ball's in the air, Carl, bouncing over Brad's head. Done. And it was just one goal. You just knew you were, the way the game was playing. We're done.
2: And that's what happened. Hey, coming up, some headlines. Hawks back in action tonight. They've got a four-game win streak going at home. Can they make it five tonight? We'll talk about it next. It is Dukes and Bell. We've got the coaching Show coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. Arthur Smith along with uh, Dave Archer. We'll get a chance to talk to Coach on Wednesday, Mike. So well, we missed him last week, short week, crazy, yeah. you know, scheduling and all of that. But we'll get a chance to talk to him on Wednesday. And see where uh, where his head is at and where our, our team's head is uh, at right now.
3: I had a laugh. Uh, you know, on Facebook, they tell you, hey, six years ago, five years ago, today. Yeah. Well, uh, you and I got those T-shirts made six years ago today. Free Roddy. Roddy yeah. Hashtag free Roddy. But Roddy wasn't getting the rock. And we got the ball. Shanahan got him. And I just I just put it on Twitter. I got a kick. And then again, I got all nostalgic. Who'd have thought I'd get nostalgic about the Georgia Dome when we actually had fans all in the stands surrounded by friends of mine, Carl, people from all over Atlanta that would come to the game and sit in the stands and watch the game. Back in the day, I know.
2: I know. I know. No, no. Listen. And I just, I hope we get it back in Mercedes
3: Benz, but man, it's been a buzzkill the last few home games.
2: I got to give a shout out to, uh, to Andy, Andy Starworth, his family. I was over there for their big cookout this weekend, and his son, Joshua, we were having this conversation. He went to the game Thursday night. Son's in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his son was like, Were you at the game? And I was like, Well, we did the pregame. I, I had a, a thing with my daughter, but Mike was at the game, and he said, Man, there was just, and, and we had that whole conversation we right. had last week, Mike, about, you know, where, where are the people? What's going on? And then he said the same thing you just said to me. And, you know, he's like, I miss the Dome. And, again, for what it's worth, I, we have a great facility. We've got to create that vibe in our new facility. The problem has been, and I said this, and Coach will admit it, you know, we, we, the, the product has not been there. So, I right. mean, that's part of it, Mike. But you're right about this. But even when it was down at the Dome, it still seemed lively. You know? Yeah, and it's funny. And I I
3: just, look, it it is the way stadiums get built, and I just think that they hired the wrong company to do it. But the personal seat license ruined the vibe. It just ruined the vibe. I, I mean, I sat with the same group of people, no joke, Carl, the same people in front of me, behind me, beside me, you know, there was a bunch of guys, monkey the guy <laughs> wore his helmet and all those guys. And no matter when I would show up, they'd be like, "Mike Bell, you suck." You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> it was just a running joke. But I mean, the same people—my buddy Steve West sitting in front of me, and and Ken and the uh, Ken the fireman, Bobby the cop. Well, that's the, same, the family atmosphere. It was yes. the great. And then yeah, and then half those people said, "I'm not paying for a PSL, and it's just not—it's not worth it, and it's not—and it's a ripoff." And and then you lost you lost hardcore fans. You know, middle of the road, middle income guys. You know that you know just don't have. The money and can't validate that kind of purchase when you got a family and mortgages to pay, you know, things like that. So we lost that. That's what that's the one thing I do miss. I got some good people I sit with in 342, but half the section puts those seats up on StubHub. That's the problem.
2: Yeah. When the stadium first opened, I think we knew everybody around us. Now, I don't 17 know any- was fun. That Monday yeah. night game, the Green Bay game. Remember that? Now, I don't know anybody around us. I mean, that's, right. that's where we're at. So, um, uh, and not that it, you don't say hello, but I mean, that family atmosphere Correct. that you're talking about Correct. is, there's a difference. There's not the same. You say, what's up? You say rise up. But there's a difference to what Mike's talking about. And, and, by the way, go check out that pick. That is a great pick. We had a lot of fun with that. Oh, you know what, though? And just to, uh, just to
3: double down on it wrap up, I cannot wait for two weeks. I cannot wait for the SEC championship game. I was able to get some tickets. Uh, but, boy, once once Alabama locked in, you know, I mean, there was still a chance that A&M a- a- could have gotten in. And once Alabama locked it in, the ticket price went. Pachoo! So, luckily, uh, me and a couple other guys got in. But I can't wait for that electric vibe. That's when Mercedes-Benz pops. It's a shame it has to be an SEC championship game and not a home game for the Falcons get that kind of energy in the room
2: yeah but that's college
3: though mike i mean I the know, vibe
2: is always but different. i just
3: but don't you just love it though i mean they just said that's why i go to the games that's i love that, that that's an energy you want to be a part of
2: yeah i mean college for me is always different if you go to any of these college games in the sec y- you feel that 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 is what makes college special mm. but yes i mean because half the building's going to be <laughs> alabama and well, half
3: the building's right. going to be georgia so hey, but it's part of the reason why you know whether you're a tech fan i mean a tech's in a tough time right now their attendance is now but going out to athens and hanging out with to Georgia guys and you're surrounded by... The odds that you're going to have somebody opposing from the fan base, other fan base, it's minimal. It's a one in a hundred chance. You know, even when I go down to Florida State, Carl, when they suck, at least I know I'm surrounded by people in garnet and gold. And then I just said, I know I'm still pissed off about thursday night but it's just such a buzzkill to feel like a visitor in your home stadium mm. in your seats and that's what it felt like thursday night
2: 404 is our solomon brothers diamond text line pull questions up about atlanta united at dukes and Bell 929 go check that out jerry glanville on the way turtle behind the glass our engineer and bo morgan executive producing happy monday it's a short yeah. week let's hit some headlines strap in youngins <laughs> with dukes and bell how about them dogs all right nobody was worried i mean come on it was charleston come on but they did what they needed to do and it was you know fun to see how the game played out but there were no concerns kirby talked about though the legacy and building legacy mike and what this means in this moment it's the end of the year that you get remembered for you know march madness what team's playing best
3: in march when are you at your hottest? And we're trying to get better. We wanted to have rhythm today. You know, it was important that we went out and, and didn't just play it close to the vest. We went out there and, and, and went after it and played a um, played an aggressive game plan. So these guys have been excellent responding to adversity. And, you know, we've been on some tough road games. We've had some tough games here and there. I'm proud of the way they've handled everything, but there's still a road ahead. Yes, there is, man. Jordan uh, Davis has become the poster child of this team. And was, how great Carl was watching that big fella get in the end zone, man. Just such a cool dude. And uh, we talked about Kirby and then the, the, the video that this, they put together for this uh, senior class, some of which have an option to come back. Nicobe Dean is a, one of the finalists for the Butkus Award. That got announced uh, earlier today. I saw Seth Emerson tweet that out. And then, of course, Carl, also things get better in recruiting because Dan Mullen is out down yeah. in Florida, which will be uh, will mean probably whoever they had on the hook. If not defecting to
2: Georgia, going elsewhere is uh, somebody's going to have to hit the reset down there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure where Florida's going to go. The irony about all of this is the three coaches that have been there and since left all played in an SEC championship, game. right? So, what do you want? Like, like, what do you need? If you're looking for Spurrier to come back, it's not happening. So, I'm not sure where Florida goes, and, and the whole makeup of how this shook out, Mike, with with Dan Mullen and whether he wanted out and, and how it went bad so quickly. But the fact of the matter is, he got there. And so did, you know, the, the shark fin guy. And, and so did the guy yeah. before him. They must champ got there. So I'm not sure what's the expectations. If you think Florida should be winning 12 games every year, okay, well then go find that guy. But I'm with you. I, I think right now mm. it's a big void to fill. And God forbid for Florida fans, if they get the wrong guy, it's another four years. They got the
3: recruit. You can't. You the, the thing which really got Dan. I think it crystallized for the fan base, and we'll talk more about this at four o'clock. Though, is how Georgia is killing recruiting. Other schools are killing it. and Florida, is not. And Dan's Dan Mullen with a sort of you know well off the cuff, you know, laissez faire attitude towards recruiting, which really irked a lot of people, and apparently including the athletic director of the Boosters as well. So we'll see where it goes. By the way, we got more to get into. But how impressive was Ohio State destroying Michigan State this weekend? And if it should. Plan out that Georgia played them. It would be the great defense versus the great offense. Wouldn't that be something?
2: I think they can beat Georgia. And I'm not being a jerk. I'm just saying, C.J. Stroud's playing the best football right now at quarterback, and he's got two NFL first-round wide receivers that he's throwing the ball to. I I think if anybody left right now, and I say left because, you know, we're talking about the top four teams, that's the one team I might be worried about. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, six weeks ago, but Kirby just said it. You got to play your best ball at the end of the season. Right. And Mike, they are trending now. Can they beat Michigan like that this weekend? I would say maybe not as much, but I, I like their I
3: like their chances against the Wolverines. I just think it's interesting how the the JT Daniels will be needed conversation is creeping back into some Georgia fans because if and we'll get in depth. We got some time to cover this, but if Georgia had a sluggish start like they did down at the cocktail party, or a slower start like they did against Tennessee. That's if you go against Ohio State, you can find yourself down a couple of scores, and then you're in a tough spot. So, but the good news is you get quarterback who can step in. I, I think George is going to be okay. But it is interesting how the storylines played out. Oregon, forget about them, and now Cincinnati is staring that committee right in the face.
2: I don't know how you hold them out. I mean, they still have to win out, but I don't know how you hold them out. I just don't. They're winning, and everybody else is falling off. It's Duke's and Bell. It's our headline segment brought to you by ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. Hey, let's hear from Trey Young. Hawks back in action tonight, right here on Sports Radio 92.9 two nine. The game taking on Oklahoma City.
4: Um, I think the improvement that we've made, um, has just been, uh, just playing faster. We we've just been. We've scored, I mean, over 100 in all our games here. Um, We've just been playing faster, and um, it's not always going to go great or go perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but the more possessions you have and the faster you play um, with the guys we have, the more shots you can get up, the better it is.
3: Yeah, man, it's a four-game winning streak, and they do play better at home, so, I mean, it's not the way you wanted to start the season, uh, going out there and going out west, but things are coming together. I, I still wish we were a healthier squad, but the Hawks are now climbing up the ladder, Carl, at 8 and 9 before you know it, back to 500. And then, you know, we'll get a long season, but just uh, good to see them rolling right now.
2: Yeah, it was. I saw Nate McMillan yesterday. He was at the Skyhawks game. Uh, Trey was there the night before. I think on Friday night he came through. Uh, listen, they're, they're playing well right now. Part of it is, Mike, you said this, Cam Reddish. Cam hmm. is finding his... His niche, meaning what right. they expect from him, what when he comes into the game, what he needs to do, and you know you got to find a rhythm of your own when you're trying to, to to make your your room as far as this is what I want to be to this this team, and I think he's really helped out, especially with the injury to, to DeAndre Hunter. So. And and what do you make of the biggest story of the NBA weekend? And Carl,
3: what will be the uh, legacy of LeBron's elbow? Is that was one of the craziest scenes we've ever seen. Do you think it was intentional? I I think they were, they were they were scuffing a little bit. I think obviously Detroit people tell you they thought it was intentional. I mean yeah. I, I don't blame a guy for going bananas. It was just kind of funny to see how the whole thing you know escalated or devolved, however you want to say it. On the PA, please do not get on the floor. I, mean, I think I think folks have learned their lesson, but it was funny to hear that on the PA. But it was just you know I mean LeBron was fired up. He threw it was it looked a little malicious. I mean I'm leaning towards it was intentional.
2: Okay. Okay, uh, and I watched it a couple of different times.
3: Because f- he's swinging, and then he's got a fist balled up as he brings his arm
2: around. Yeah, It was actually forearm
3: fists, not elbow.
2: And, and you know, guys do this all the time. with Like, you have hands on a guy, and right. you're blocking out, and you see guys trying to get their hands off of them. So I'm pushing on you, or I have my hand in your chest, and I want to get your hand off of me, so I'll slap through. But the fist made it kind of—that's the part, Mike— I've seen guys have open hands and slap other guys' hands off, but when you have a closed fist, that's kind of like, what, what were you trying to do? So yeah, LeBron uh, kicked out the game last night, and and I'm just glad it didn't get uglier than it, you know, it looked. Uh, th- there was nobody else scrapping, a lot of pushing and shoving, but um, we'll see what the NBA says. Hey, coming up, Jerry Glanville, guys, the 30th anniversary of the rudest team in NFL history. That's the title. The series is going to premiere November 30th. We'll talk to Jerry next we love teams with attitude we love teams with swagger and there was no bigger or better team than both of those things than the 91 falcons and they were coached by jerry glanville he joins us on the waitforward.com hotline right now and uh coach it's good to have you back on this series is going to premiere november 30th when they started talking about this and they they contacted you <laughs> were you excited to talk about this because i know there's so many stories that have come out over the years about that team
5: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Well, what's bad is we started, we got over there like quarter to nine, pardon me, nine forty five. And they didn't quit taping the 545, so there's going to be three and a half hours left on the floor when the splicer gets done. And that's probably good. Uh, The things we said, uh, if we said them on your show here, you two would be out of work tomorrow. You'd be canceled. Uh, And and I got to hand it to the Falcons. They said, tell the truth. You don't worry about us. Whatever you see, you talk about whatever questions we ask. Just let it come out. And and they did. You, Chris Miller was excellent. Michael Haynes is only one Michael Haynes. Jesse mm-hmm. Tuggle, Robert Lyles were the four main principals. And they all did an unbelievable job and did tell the truth. Hey, Miller was so honest, I thought he may end my coaching career and his.
3: Coach Glanville's with us. Jerry Glanville, again, it's going to debut uh, coming up next week about the great 91 Falcons. Coach, when you finally got to be the man, because obviously you, you're a defensive coordinator and you finally got to be the coach, did you have that whole plan? Like you were, Did you have that in mind? Here's how I'm going to approach this. I'm going to keep things loose. We're going to be outside the box with the way you operated.
4: Well, what I did, and this comes out in this thing, I, I, I believe whoever you are, let it come out. And, uh, you know, some coaches want you to fall into a cookie-cutter deal. And, and if you're this, you know, become that. But become the best at that. And uh, this, the team was very, very different. The team was uh, wide open every every play, every snap. And uh, the the bottom line is uh, I believe you have fun. It's, it's hard work. It's drudgery. And what happened later, as Jesse Jesse talks about all the coaches he played for, he said, we never had fun like we did with you. But he said it took years later to realize nobody worked as hard as us and nobody was better prepared, so the results were fun to watch. And what everybody forgets, including me, I try to black it out, that team, which, by the way, the NFL Films picked the most exciting team in the history of the national football. Think about it. Of every team in the history, NFL films picks that team, and, and it's and when you look back, I'm just proud that I was able to uh, have a small part in the way they played and how they played, and, uh, kind kind of a lot of fun, really.
2: Coach, you let guys be themselves. And I think that's a big part of of the swagger and and what makes up that kind of team. A lot of coaches don't do that. Jerry, I mean, a lot of coaches now don't even do that. So even when you did it back then, you know, you just let guys be themselves. How did you do that? Because some coaches aren't comfortable with that.
4: Well, I think some coaches take themselves uh, too seriously. What I told everybody is I take the job seriously. And I never promote anything but the job I have, you know, I turn the TV on and here's people advertising for some other product doing something else. And I was offered everything in the world to be the voice of, but I wanted to be the voice of the Falcons or the Oilers or wherever I was. So we, we had limitations and, and we had a few rules. And if you broke the rules, you were gone the next day, but very few rules and they had to do with, uh, you know, how you play now you you'll die laughing. Uh, I'm in a press conference and somebody from the newspaper says, you have to hate coaching Dion. And I looked at him and I said, I do. And why is that? It says uh, he dances after every time he scores. And I said, let me tell you what I say. I want three dances a game. (laughs)
5: Uh,
1: You
4: know, now I did mention, you know, he did this Cadillac. And if he, if he intercepted, Put his hand behind the helmet. and He looked like the drum major at Purdue, prancing in, and we picked it off against the Oilers. And Warren Moon was on a full speed chase, and he Cadillac for fifty yards. Mm. And you know the place went wild. We're in we're in the Fulton County Stadium. I said, Dion, that's really good, but it's sort of embarrassing. Let's Cadillac only from the twenty in. But I love the Cadillac, but 50 outs a long ways to Cadillac.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is Coach Jerry Glanville with his guys, the uh, team that was, uh, again, about as, as, as Jerry just said, about as much fun as you could have. The cast of characters, and, and obviously Dion was kind of like the perfect guy for that team. Andre Ryzen, you mentioned Haynes. I mean, it's it just, you. I guess, just at practice, I mean, what was it, just a lot of trash talking. everybody just getting after Because there's so many egos in that locker room.
4: Well, the, the practices, and that's what Jesse said later. He didn't realize we're practicing harder than anybody in football. Now, they could be a little disturbed when we had James Brown with the tailback in the eye, and we ran the tall sweep with him screaming. So we could have a, you, we could have somebody there at practice with us. And, you know, we had MC Hammer with us. We had Jerry Jeff Walker. We, we had a, a lot of people that traveled with us. And uh, one day I went out, We're going. I think we are going to play the 49ers, we went out to get on the plane. Uh, and Evander Holyfield, world heavyweight champ, got on the plane. Mm. And, and the the Falcons were so stupid. They said, Jerry, did you invite him? I said, no. It says, will you ask him to get off the plane? I goes, I'm going to ask the heavyweight champ of the world to get, <laughs> to get off the plane. Said, Give him my room, and I'll double up with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm not doing that. It's Jerry Glanville, guys. And how about this? Evander A- Holyfield talks to the team, and you're not going to believe this. At an age, I can't remember, let's say thirteen, fourteen, he sold Coca-colas in Fulton County Stadium mm-hmm. for the Falcon Kings.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: and he said, what a to, to watch you now is, is transformed who I am. Mm-hmm. and I wanted to come with you and travel with you and tell you I mean these how about this uh, MCM of uh, Dion came up. he said, MC Hammer wants to talk to the team, and I said, okay, you know, it didn't bother me let's, let's he gave a better talk than I ever gave in the history of my coaches. <laughs> so it, it, it really, it just worked, you know.
2: No doubt. The 30th anniversary of the rudest team in NFL history. That's the name of it, guys. The series is going to premiere November 30th. Uh, the 91 Falcons became the face of the city and, and the culture and the identity. And you're hearing Jerry talk about it. Jesse Tuggle and Michael Hayes. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that are going to be involved in this.
4: Well, uh, we get Macaire from the 49 Tim McCar, we got Dion well, you can't you can't just have one. you got to have two. Well, we're <laughs> lucky enough, <laughs> believe it or not, the forty ers cut McCar because they didn't like his we you know who he was. Right. Well, we go to San Francisco, and we're ahead. by the way, we're the only team that beats San Francisco twice a year, nobody else anywhere could do that but us at ninety one two right. and McCarr picks off the pass and ends the game. But mind you, I tell you, you can be who you are. Right. He takes two victory laps in San Francisco with the ball in his hand, throwing kisses. <laughs> but D. Bartolo owned the 49ers then. Right. He busts into my press conference. He goes, Jerry. I said, yes, sir. What is it? He said, I'd rather lose without McHire than win with him. I said, well. Thank you, because we like winning with him and we'll keep playing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, Jerry, that was the year. And, by the way, you're trying to have some fun ways to motivate the guys. That's What do you call it, the California trophy? Because you beat everybody in California beat, that year.
4: And guess what? That's never happened again. We won six games on the West Coast traveling from Atlanta. Wow. We beat six people on the West Coast. So we decided that was a fan, came out, wanted to present a trophy. We had a big old trophy with the West Coast champs, <laughs> and uh, people got offended because we took it with us and put it on the bench when we went to the West Coast.
2: That's wild. That's wild. Well, you know what? We enjoyed watching that team. We certainly remember. And and every time we have Dion on, he talked Dion. He he talks about that team. You know, he talks about what what how special it was. So I can't wait to see this. And, and that team,
4: that mm. team. I think I forgot to mention. Are you ready? Yeah. We we started 0 and 2. Believe it or not, that team started 0 and 2, and and came back and became that from from uh, uh, losing two in a row and just flip you know got the got things lined up and flipped the switch and and we, and we all forget we we're 0 and 2 because it was such a great year we had so much fun and and, and uh, uh, you know, we had we had special we just didn't play. Uh, we had no pass. You you, you love because we went and watched the Falcons game. We were there for the game the week the day before we shifted. And and uh, Chris Miller says, Coach, I watched the game yesterday, I said, Yeah, I did too. He said they had three sixteen play drives and didn't score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, and I saw he goes, Can we tell what you told me and Michael? Yeah. He, he said, Our coach says, We're going to score on one play. This is the play. We're doing this, and I don't want a 10-yard gain, a 15-yard gain. We have to have a touch. And boom, that team could do it. Our shortest pass that year was a 22-yard dig. You know, if we wanted six yards, we wanted one of these four-yard passing catches. We gave the ball to Mike Rozier. We don't need to go through all that for a four-yard pass. So the game, uh, you know, people call it, uh, you know, they, they have all kinds of names for what we were doing, but it was just awesome. And, he got a quarterback that he had great accuracy deep. Chris Miller could throw the deep ball, drop it in. But people don't realize Michael Haynes and the fastest man in the NFL came in second by two one-thousandths of a second. So I had a four-two-something wide out. And Dion and was undoubtedly the fastest DB that ever probably played. So when we got the ball in these people's hands – uh, the crowd stood, but it, it was kind of funny. Uh, uh, Ralph Wilson was alive at the Buffalo Bills. He goes, Jerry Glanville, you'll never, ever, ever be out of work. I said, why do you say that? He goes, you put a seat, you put a button every seat in every city you go to. He goes, we can't sell out of Buffalo unless you're bringing that team over, and then we don't have enough seats. And it was kind of interesting how people saw us even outside of Atlanta. Right,
2: that's great great. story. Great story. Yeah, Uh, Coach, we appreciate the time today. Can't wait to see it. Glad you're doing well. Take care, and thanks for coming on and sharing the stories. We want to check it out, guys. You
3: you two are awesome. Thank, Carl. Mike,
4: appreciate you.
3: And for those uh, younger guys who don't remember, that's the year they beat the Saints in the wild card. They went up played in D.C. at RFK, and the Redskins beat them. It was a muddy, muddy field, and they won twenty four seven. That was the yeah. last Gibbs championship uh, team.
2: That's right. That was a good year, man. That was that was a fun. But Mike, the team was fun. Yeah, you know, loose. We were, that's right. And, and that's that's something I think we're also craving a little bit. Hey, man, we got plenty more to get to. NFL blitz is on the way. NFL was crazy yesterday. Week to week, you just don't know what's going to happen.